1: And thank you very much, and welcome aboard. We're going to get started right off the bat. We're checking in with Harold Grader with the AutoZone Liberty Bowl. You just heard in our newscast just then they have announced the day and the date. And, uh, Harold, welcome to the show.
2: Earl, thanks for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. It that, is uh, football season right around the corner.
1: Yeah, I always like it. When we start talking, it, uh, then it means it's not far off. And uh, so what is the date again? the uh,
2: Friday, December 29th at 2.30 Central. So we're the middle game of three games that will be played that day on ESPN. Uh, The Gator Bowl will be the early game that leads into us. And then we'll be followed by uh, the Cotton Bowl, the Goodyear Cotton Bowl. So a great lineup there on the 29th. Gator Bowl, AutoZone, Liberty Bowl, Cotton Bowl. And uh, that's a great time slot for us. And uh, we're excited about uh, where we are in the bowl schedule on ESPN.
1: It is a great uh, lineup. And uh, I like it that it is on the 29th, which uh, is uh, right there in the holiday. And, uh, you know, years past, they try to push push them back, they push them forward. And anytime you get right anywhere around New Year's is is the best time to be playing, and especially with two great bowl games uh, book-ending the AutoZone, Liberty Bowl, you really couldn't ask for more. And uh, now, the, I think it's the, the fun part, is you guys start looking at all the teams that are possibilities. And, and for those that don't know, one team you know, always comes from the SEC, correct?
2: That's correct. We have an SEC versus Big 12 matchup. And uh, the fact that you uh, brought up the topic of, you know, we're always uh, working, and uh, at least seemingly so, and, uh, looking for opportunities and then i actually uh, I'm, I'm calling uh, from from destin uh side of the sec spring meetings they're having their their business meetings uh, here this week and uh, so i'm having a chance to visit with athletic directors head football coaches uh chancellors and presidents and uh now that uh, today's news is out there that we officially have a game date of december 29th, uh gives us even more to talk about and and I can tell you, uh, you know, a handful of the coaches that I've talked to since the announcement uh, came out this afternoon, uh, some potential teams have really raised their eyebrows with the uh, message being, hmm, that's interesting, that's great. Uh, uh, let, let's see how the season goes. Maybe we'll be in Memphis come December 29th.
1: Well, here's, uh, and I'm sure this has not escaped your attention, <laughs> but you've got two teams that are coming from the Big 12 to the SEC next year. And wouldn't it wouldn't be great if one of those teams happened to end up in the Liberty Bowl this year. And yeah, t- how
2: about that? I'm yeah, t- you're, t- you're talking. Yeah, you're talking about Texas and Oklahoma. Oklahoma, uh, absolutely. They they moved to the SEC in 2024 from the Big Twelve. Yep. Uh, they both are here. Their athletic directors are here. Their coaches are here. Their chancellor presidents are here. I've, I've seen those folks and had a chance to visit with them. Of course, again, their move from the Big 12 to the SEC is official in 2024, uh, but they're here participating as they become uh, making that transition, and uh, they'll be full-fledged members of uh, the SEC uh, next July 1st in 2024. But, yeah, those are two teams, Earl, that that you and I have talked about, this the past two teams that we have not had. Uh, You know, this is year 65 for us at the AutoZone Liberty Bowl, the seventh-oldest college bowl game. And those are two schools that we have not had. So whether we have them as members of the Big 12 this year or as members of the SEC next year, I would love to have the opportunity uh, at some point to have, have both of those universities in our game.
1: Well, they both travel well, and they take a lot of people with them, and they spend a lot of money. Remember when... Texas came here and played uh, Ole Miss at yeah. Ole Miss, and I walked down into the basement of the Rendezvous. and It looked like a sea of orange. I said, "Anybody from Texas here?" <laughs> and the place went wild. and yeah, that, uh, that's burnt orange.
0: It's yes, burnt, burnt orange.
1: orange, not uh, the hunting vest orange of our friends in East Tennessee. But uh, it is. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I think this is going to be two great the, the new additions. Now you hear a lot of people. The SEC goes, "Well, they have no idea what, what they're getting. What Buzz saw, they're getting ready to walk into." Because the SEC is a different animal than the Big 12.
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, they know uh, what's ahead for them. And uh, they know, obviously, they're, they're already two of the iconic brands, universities, teams, great histories uh, in in the annals of, of college athletics, particular college football. But they know that coming to the SEC, it's a different proposition. And they've been gearing up ever since uh, – from the day they announced they were moving to the SEC, uh, and uh, they they know what the what the mission is, and and, and they're geared up uh, for twenty twenty four.
1: Well, it's it's going to be uh, exciting. Of course, everybody at the SEC thinks uh, you know that we'll just uh, well the what well, they compared a lot to a And M when a And M came over, and uh, right. they thought they were going to come beat up on the SEC, and, well, it just hasn't happened yet, and so. I think, but I think Oklahoma and Texas uh, will certainly bring everything that they got. And then you've got the um, the Manning connection that will be coming with them. Uh, that's and right. So, and so yep, everybody's Arch r- Manning. really yeah, looking absolutely. forward to that. So, uh, Well, I think it's it's exciting. I love the date. I love the, the other teams that are playing on that day. And I think 2.30 in the afternoon is great because if it's cold, uh, the earlier in the day you start, the better off you are because it only gets colder. So,
2: uh, Well, we're looking forward to a sunny afternoon on December 29th. And early, you know, at the, at the end of the day, you know, why do we do what we do? And and number one mission for us is to bring thousands of out-of-town visitors and fans to our city to fill up the hotels and the restaurants. And uh, we, we, as you alluded to uh, at the outset, uh, Earl, that, uh, you know, being connected to the New Year's weekend. So we'll be the beginning of the New Year's weekend. Yeah.
1: So
2: uh, New Year's Day will be Monday. We're talking about playing Friday. So that's a four-day weekend. And for those who have to work a half day on uh, the 29th, which will be the last business day of the year, we know that'll happen. But the 2.30 kickoff gives folks plenty of time to get those couple of hours in at the office to close out the year, and they get out to Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium for the 65th AutoZone Liberty Bowl.
1: Well, actually, we're going to hear at KWAM giving everybody the day off, so they go ahead and take off uh, in the morning and make sure they can be there.
2: Has anybody told Todd
1: that? Uh, He's not in the office, I don't think, right now, but I'll I'll break it to him (laughs) later. (laughs) But we are looking forward to it, and you always uh, do such a, a great job, Harold, and have for many, many years. And uh, we're lucky to have you there.
2: Well, thank you, Earl. Again, thanks for the opportunity. We appreciate uh, our partnership, our relationship with you, KOM Todd, the whole team there. And uh, so, folks, mark it down: Friday, December 29th, ninth, two thirty, the sixty fifth AutoZone Liberty Bowl.
1: And we need to get you in as you're looking at teams throughout the year and see who's uh, who's leading the race in that. So, we be had, glad to do that. Had that fun doing that in years past. We'll do it again. Harold, great, everybody. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Earl. You bet. All right, uh, we're going to take a quick break, Then we'll be right back. Stay with us. And welcome back. In studio with me now is Vicki Gandy with uh, Team Gandy. Uh, and also you go to GoTeamGandy.com to find out more about her. And Austin Pike, who is the owner and operator of Big League Movers, and um, – we're going to talk about a number of things, uh, the current housing market, but one thing I don't think most people understand is how important picking the right mover is. I've heard absolute nightmare stories about people moving across country and never seeing their belongings again and still <laughs> owing the moving company the, moving, the money for it.
3: Oh, wow. That's a new one. Um, I hadn't heard that one. Have you?
4: <laughs> we hear it all the time. Do you really? Yeah. There's things called moving brokers, and uh, we uh, try to educate our customers as best you, as possible to stay away from them. Do
1: not use a moving broker because uh, they don't like it. This one woman was from Memphis, was out in Oregon, and oh, wow. she hired a broker. They said, we found a moving company. They're going to pick your stuff up, and then they, it turned out that the truck that picked her stuff up picked her stuff up first, which meant it's the last to unload because then they pick up other loads across yeah. the country. And it was over a year. And then even then, they took it and, and put it in a warehouse somewhere in California, along with all these other people's uh, furniture. They collected over half the money up front. And then uh, they said, yeah, well, we're not going to give you your furniture back until you uh, pay your bill. I said, well, where's our stuff? said, we're not going to tell you. They ended up <laughs> having a California Highway Patrol found this warehouse and wow. found all these other people's stuff. Very important that you know who your mover is at the, and you check them out.
4: It's very important. There's actually a story uh, recently of a company in Oxford that did something like that. Um, they were taking customers' belongings across state lines, wouldn't tell their customer where it was going, yeah. and demanded more money to just unload those items.
1: And then, in a way, the law is really kind of in favor of the movers because they, you're providing a service almost like defrauding an innkeeper if they don't get what they ask for. And they can even change how much they want for delivering your stuff at any point.
4: Oh, wow. Well, thankfully, Earl, and it's going to start, I believe, June 27th. There's going to be a new Department of Transportation regulations that will basically kill the moving uh, broker business, right? Good. Um, you have to hire a band line or a local mover or a franchise, basically.
1: Good. <laughs> Hopefully, that will stop that. Uh, but there's nothing that would be worse than finding a home. Oh, no kidding. Going through all that, and you're sitting there going, oh, good, our stuff will be here tomorrow. <laughs> Except at, oh, except oh it's
3: not oh my like, that's one th- that's one thing I've never had happen that's one of the reasons I work with these guys and I've, in fact I'm going to do a shout out my friend uh, Marianne oh uh, and Mark Wilson there uh, they just sold their house and they are y'all are moving them um Big League Movers is moving them twice they're actually moving packing up their son's stuff because he said Mom will you get the moving people to pack my stuff and she's like really. <laughs> and then, OK. And her son's name's Maxie after Maxie. Them, so they're good friends of ours. And then now they're also going to move them. So you all going to do double double for them. And I've, they came highly recommended. But I want to tell my story about this great guy and their company. Um, I've gotten to know them well through, you know, down in Destin when you all do the great times. Yeah, yeah. Great times in Destin. They come down and they always have a big party for us. And it's really a lot of fun, <laughs> a lot of too much fun. But anyway, I've gotten to know them for quite a few years now. But what he asked, they asked us, is if anybody wanted to volunteer to go throw the first pitch in at the Redbirds game this oh, wow. past weekend. And I, um, I said I'll do it, thinking, Oh Lord, have you ever me. done it before? Oh heck, no. Are you kidding? Because
4: <laughs> it's a lot further than you think it is. <laughs> yes, I know, Vicky. You didn't stand on the mound, did you?
3: No, I said, They told us not to.
4: Okay, they oh. told us
3: to stand ahead. Yeah, of course I did. Oh good <laughs> Lord, no. but I got it to the, I got it to the plate, so I was happy. But, um, but it was really great because they, I was the realtor of the game and there were several people throwing in. Some were hysterical. One girl threw it like two feet and, and then some kids were like kicking our tails, throwing it like just tossing it and it flying over the, you know, over the plate. But I got to go last and it was really neat because they had our Go Team Gandy logo and had a picture of Thomas and me and all around the whole thing. You can see Go Team Gandy. It was really fun. Um and then, then they treated us to a wonderful complimentary buffet upstairs. We watched the game. They you know, all the beer and wine you could drink, which you know I hated that. Yes. <laughs> so and wonderful food. It was just very and they were they treated us like we were kings. It was wonderful.
1: Well go I love going to AutoZone Park. It's, I do too. It's a wonderful place. It's one of the best ballparks in the country, big or small. League. It is. And uh they just did such a, a good job on it. Um LA Prescott who's one of the big forces behind all that. Yeah. And of course AutoZone. But, uh, in fact, I'm going to get Allie in one day, and we're going to talk about how that whole thing happened. Oh,
3: it's it's just super, super duper nice. Everything done, the people were super nice, everything was wonderful, and handled everything beautifully, and these guys were doing a great job, which was very appreciated. But the fun thing was, I like, I, all of a sudden, I heard my name, hey, Mickey, Mickey, all these people talking to me, I had five people video me, because the people that knew, <laughs> were out in the crowd that knew me, I was like, wow, this is great, so... I got a couple of great little videos, which was fun, but we, we, we really enjoyed it. And, and we thank y'all yeah,
4: for letting absolutely. me be part of that. Absolutely. It's a big thing for us. We're a new sponsor of the Redbirds. Um, and when they you know, provided us our package, we didn't want to use it for us. We wanted to give back to the people that really have helped us grow our business. In the moving industry, it's, it's tough to refer our business partners because most of the time when they reach us, they've already got a realtor. What can we do for these realtors to mm-hmm. give back to them? Um, and most of the time, it's just an experience. Well, it's like I
1: said, the last thing you want to happen is you get a new house and you keep your stuff doesn't come. Or, well, and, a problem
3: and or damage, and, yeah. and you know, and these and these guys are great to work with. And if there's a problem, they're on it. It's and that's the thing, you know. And I like the fact that I have somebody to call. It's not just a name. And they are part of our. We have a, a list of preferred vendors at Crawl Like, which is really um, a very High, big deal list. It's in really important. These guys are interviewed and, and if they goof up, I mean, they can kick them off. Boom. So they, they really work we hard. We take that us. seriously. <laughs> well, yeah. And it's, it's, a, and they get a little discount for being a Cryolite customer. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a win-win for everybody. But I, the nice thing is I can go down that list and say, yeah, these guys are good. I know they are because I know Scott, Scott Owen, who's at Cry-Lake, has been there forever. He does a great job, but we make sure these vendors are part of our team. Mm-hmm. And they better do a good job. Well,
1: that's one reason too. Also, having an experienced uh, real estate agent because yeah. you know who does good jobs and who doesn't. Do
4: yeah, right. Yeah, I mean it han- enhances that customer experience. It does. Sure. It you gotta, does. you gotta refer someone quality.
1: How did you get into the moving business? Was, was you, did you start out just working for a moving company?
4: So I've you, met, you said I was the owner. I'm not. I'm I run the sales department there. So I'm the sales manager. At Big He'd Big like Movers, to be the owner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I had a friend that worked there, uh, my best friend in the world. He started on the trucks, moved to sales. Um, he eventually became the controller. He's no longer with the company anymore. He works at FedEx, but uh, he um, he was like, "Man, come over and, and do some sales for me." Uh, and I said, "Heck yeah, let's do it." That was in 2015. Wow. Uh, and I've been there since. A little bit of a hiatus, uh, you know, during about 2018, 2021. Uh, Twenty, I think I came back in 2021. But um, it's something that I really love. Most people don't think about how large the moving industry is. Oh, it's huge! And no day is is the same. <laughs> it's very exciting.
1: Well, I know that if you're in California, and you want to move to Tennessee or Texas, you can't find a U-Haul. So you got to use a moving company. <laughs> <laughs> if you do find one, it costs an absolute fortune. Now, if you're going to California, which nobody is, uh, they're cheap. <laughs> <laughs>
3: they're like, oh, make you a deal. Yeah, you move there. Yeah. There's
4: a lot of there's a lot of you know small communities that don't have you know quality movers at least. Yeah. or you know. I think it's really important to understand what a professional mover is. Anybody can, you know, put on a $14 oh, T-shirt yeah. with with some branding on it, rent a truck, and call themselves a mover. But yeah. uh, it really takes true professionals to get the job done. And we'll go anywhere in in, in America, uh, say in Hawaii and Alaska. If wow. they build a, a road to Hawaii, somebody <laughs> better let us know because we will definitely go there.
3: Well, it's funny. Um, I have only had bad experiences told to me. You know, people that say, who do you recommend? I go, well, I've heard so-and-so's good. And I'm like, well, I can't. I can't say, and I, I will bluntly tell you, I do. If I don't know, I don't know, yeah. and you know, or if I haven't heard a good thing, I'll say you might want to rethink that. And then they'll call me, and go, yeah, I should have paid a little more and gone with the company you said. You know, most bargains you get what you pay for, and that's just kind of a Absolutely, set. Uh, Any service,
4: yeah.
1: Well, and it, but it always helps if people are in an industry listen to them. I yeah. mean, the, yeah. they're not out to make you mad. That's the last thing you want to do, or be you do be disappointed. So. If somebody's in a certain field, that they know who they're dealing with. Uh, listen to what they've got to say.
3: Well, the last thing you do is you've done all that and you sold them the house and everything's wonderful. And then the mover gives it up for you. <laughs> so you want to make sure that's happy time so, as well.
1: Well, uh, the good thing is that most movers are very conscientious. And I've watched people move to where we're living now. And I, I remember they were moving my bar. <laughs> they brought my bar to the front door, which is heavy. And they all looked at me. and Said, "Where's it going?" I just looked up. And they went, "Oh man!" Because <laughs> you got to make a turn on the landing, you know. Oh you go up, man! Make another right-hand oh, yeah. turn yes. going down. This
3: grand piano on the second floor. Yeah.
1: Uh, these four guys put it on their shoulder and took it up. And I said, "I can't watch. I'm going to go outside. <laughs> Wait till I hear some my wife scream, and then I'll come back."
3: <laughs> well, I'm going to change the subject for one minute. Um, I'm going to do a shout out. My Marianne going back to her a minute. They're building a porch, um, in their back, and I was going to tell Bob Young, uh, give him a sh- shout. He's a he's doing building their porch from a screened-in porch outside. It's amazing, and he's a good friend of ours. <sighs> a good friend of uh, mine personally, and his wife is too. And I'm going to try to get him on the radio one of these days. But he's doing a fabulous job.
1: More and more people are doing that. Oh uh, yeah, because, especially since COVID, it's been yeah.
3: it's like oh well, my gosh.
1: And just having a, a we're really blessed where we are because I've always got a breeze that comes off the golf course and blows right across my yard. Yeah. So we don't really, have, and we have no standing water around there except my fish pond, but it's constantly moving like right. a little waterfall. And we don't have a really mosquito problem. But so many people, if you live in the in, in the middle of woods where there's no breeze, they'll eat you alive. <laughs> they will eat you. And you hear the kids screaming, "They're got me, Daddy!" <laughs> and so screen-dead porches are fantastic because you can are. sit out there and enjoy the the ambiance of being outside, hear the the crickets and everything, and uh, not get eaten alive.
3: Well, it is. It's, it's nice, and you know, it's it having our weather is so good. It's, you can pretty much hit the whole you know
1: year. We're going to talk uh, more about uh, some of the projects that uh, Vicki's working on right now, and uh, so stay with us. We'll be right back.
0: Now, back to the Earl Farrell for Memphis show, brought to you by Southern Security, your home team credit union, and by Kathy Thurman Edwards State Farm Insurance. Once again, Earl Farrell.
1: Thank you very much. Welcome back. In studio with me is uh, Vicki Gandy with Team Gandhi. Go to GoTeamGandy.com. And also Austin Pike, who's with Big League Movers. I nearly said the name of the company that I, I thought he ought to name it, but I'm not going. <laughs> I don't want to give it up. It was, well, you, it was a good that name. We'll catchy keep that little, off here. catchy <laughs> little name I thought of. Uh, you um, wouldn't forget it, that's but for sure. We're that's talking great. about this, why it's so important to to pick a good uh, mover because they can make your life wonderful or they can destroy your life and everything you love. And uh, so it's very important you get one. The other thing is is, is trust your, your realtor. Your realtor can introduce you to all those kind of uh, uh, people that you need. As you were just talking about somebody building a screened-in porch. Yeah. people buy a house they said we'd like to screen this in I, you go I got a guy
3: that's exactly what and that's what I did I recommended Bob Bob's done work um, for people I know he's done great work and you know and that's the thing um it's it's really important and the same thing with you know big league movers I I'm not going to recommend someone that I won't use myself and also I want to make sure that my clients are happy. I don't want them to be mad at me. It's, it'd be great. Well, I'll sell you a house and you're happy with me. And then, oh, yay, the mover screwed it up. Yay, thanks. You know, we can't, we can't risk that. But it's you, also too
1: do, you also do other things. I mean, you're finishing a your house right now over mm-hmm. in Alexander.
3: Yeah, uh, 235 Alexander. It's on the market now. And
1: But I mean, a lot of people think you just find houses and somebody wants to sell it, you get it. You actually found this one and said, we're going to fix this thing because I right. see some great things potential in this house. And so you did it, fixed it up, and now you're going to sell it.
3: Right, I, I have investors, and I, I'm looking for investors all the time. I have several, and that the nice thing about that is I'll find a house, and we'll go through, and we'll you know negotiate it and figure it out, and then then I help. I don't really, I don't do all the work, but I help oversee it a little bit, and then make sure that everything's done properly, and then we we um, get them on the market because I'm not a contractor, I'm am a real estate agent, but um, I do help you know keep if I have like I've got a couple out of towners that I'll check on things for them that make sure that everything's done properly.
0: And
1: uh, if they want to look at this house in Alexander, can they go to your uh, team Candy? Yes. Uh... Yeah, go
3: teamcandy or you can call my phone number. It's um, it's it's a great part of Alexander. It's one point five miles from Memphis, University of Memphis. It's um, be a great house for some uh, someone with with kids that want to like have a bunch of roommates. It would work very well for that. And it's a really really cute house. We knocked out walls, opened it up, and. Eighty-year-old house. That was really interesting.
4: <laughs> that is a great neighborhood. My ex- my sister actually lived at two forty Alexander Street. Oh gosh, uh, right, right across the street. Oh my yeah. gosh, that's so uh, funny. a wonderful area.
3: Yeah, it is, and it's a it's between Central and um, Poplar, so it's a really great street. And they've got speed bumps, so you can't speed down the road. Yep. And- Great neighbors. Me I've met so many neighbors. Uh, just and they, I had two of them call me. Said, "Hey, there's a truck there that doesn't look familiar." You know, and they're very in tune with each other, which is nice.
1: Well, the other thing you do too is you, you like, um, I was telling my daughter and her husband were looking for a house. She said they couldn't find anything in their price range in Collierville, and she said what the, she needs to do is get on social media and tell people I'm looking for this. this is what I'm looking for. As she did with her neighbors, and not even hours later, she gets a call. We know of a house that's coming on the market. It's not even been listed yet. Mm-hmm. They go see it this past Sunday. They like it. They make an offer. The couple accepts it. Boom, in one day. Yeah. Well, and, and so there's. that's where the experience also comes in, As you sit there and say, okay, you, have a, you know, it could be something as simple as uh, you're trying to get too much house for too little money, which ain't going to happen, just like people trying to sell a house. For too much money yeah. and, and not enough house.
3: Yeah, we're still running into a good bit of that. I'm having to kind of steer people in. They're like, "Oh, but this house down the street, eleven months ago sold for this." I'm like, "It's not eleven months ago. It's a different world right now." And <laughs> we're seeing that selling. too. Yeah, uh,
4: just with the the amount of money people are willing to spend right now, I think mm-hmm.
3: it's hard. It's hard, but you got you know you, you kind of get especially with movers, you get what you pay for. You yep. want you know y'all to protect. And I always my moving story. I was moving from Memphis to Montgomery, Alabama, and I didn't know the moving company. It's a million years ago, and um, they moved us down, and it was one of those things that the company was relocating us, so we didn't have any choice, and we got there, and we couldn't find any of our silverware. We couldn't find anything, and we thought, oh, they stole it. Well, come to find out, it had vibrated so badly that it was, it vibrated all and fell like in the lawnmower and all in in the, you know, and they were unloading all the (laughs) equipment into the storage room. Probably went out there and went, oh, there's the knife, and there's my sterling. How nice, but it it all showed back up. I think we lost maybe one piece, but... It was one of those freaky things. So, it, Well, I mean,
1: and, and you can expect that. Even if it all makes it, you never find it again. I
3: know. <laughs> take tr- it up to
1: the attic. We'll go through this later. And then yeah. I, our stuff, we've been there almost 20 years. We, I go, I'm not going up there. <laughs> you never know how much stuff you have until you move. No, you don't. And it would almost be worth it. And I think it's something else you do is you have these people that only stage homes. But they also come in. Somebody dies or it goes to a nursing home. They'll come in and, and go through all the stuff, tag it and let the, the the children who, instead of them going through all that, they come in and say, okay, we'll take these things and then do an auction and sell our it. State sale. Sale. State
3: sale. John Thompson's in our office, and he's a great guy. He takes care of a lot. I'm doing one right now for a, a, a really good friend, police officer in Germantown, his family, and they are. Um, he's come in and gone through everything and letting her pick what she wants to take, and then he's going to take the rest of it. And she called me and said, oh, this is so nice because her, her father died suddenly. And, um, it just was just very tragic and they're, they're, you know, really upset. And so this has worked out so nicely because he's so sweet and he's just, you know, taking all this burden off of me. And it's, it's, it, you know, you have a lot of times people can't handle all that, especially yeah. if they're out of town, you know, well,
1: and then, cause I had to do with my parents and went to Texas and I sat with my sister going through the house and looking at everything and she goes, do you want this? And you, you don't, you feel bad to say, no, I, I really don't yeah. want it. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that you didn't appreciate growing up with it and your parents loving it. But you're emotionally attached to stuff that you really go, I got no place for it. Right. And so they come in and take a lot of that burden away and say, okay. It's it's a great,
3: it's a great service. And I've done that for quite a few uh, customers and clients that have needed that. And that's another, another thing that we do work with. That's a good thing about being, I've been in business now 17 years and it makes a difference. I've been. I've done just about almost seen it all. Hopefully there's some things I haven't seen
1: that I won't see. <laughs> well, but why would you reinvent the wheel? Right. when Somebody already knows what they're doing. Yeah. Go to them. Tra- as I said a minute ago, trust the people you work with yeah. and say, look, uh, let's make this as seamless as possible. Absolutely. And it definitely uh, makes a difference. And, in- di- and just explain to people how it works. I think that's the biggest fear is they've never moved before. They've never mm-hmm. hired a mover before. They've never hired a real estate agent before. What is it that you do that, that, makes this different and you sit down and you explain it these are the things i'm responsible for right and this is why i'm going to be able to help you and this is why it's important to have a good real estate agent and, and yeah, a,
4: a, full transparency is key and really in any service industry yeah right um, anytime well, that we're sitting down with a customer in a home you know going through an on-site estimate It's talking about the different kind of moving companies, talking about what can go wrong on move day, talking about what other things that they're gonna have going on leading up to their move, right? It is talking them through the entire process. You know, Crylike holds that customer hand before or you know, during the during the whole process. We really try to extend that once they see us on move day. Do you, do you tell people not to be there the day they you come get their stuff? We want them to be there every single step of the way, um, just for accountability purposes. Yeah. We're going to do a walkthrough before we load anything, after we load everything up at the origin, before we unload anything at their new home, and then... Do another walkthrough. We want to make sure that the bed's been set up correctly. Yeah. We want to make sure that their furniture's right where they want it. We don't want them moving behind us, you know. After we leave, um, it's a really a full service service move. We have customers all the time like saying, "Will they do this? Will they do that? We'll do anything that you ask us to do with a smile on our face." Well, well
3: and you got antique, like you know, pianos and antique, all these different things, and and that's where you need a specialty company and, that will, yeah, you know, the, you got this. This is Aunt, you know, Aunt Susie's. 200 hundred euro desk you know like okay you can't throw it on the truck it's oh, got to be tr- yeah we always ask carousel. about
4: specialty items yeah. absolutely yeah. you that's know big tell big me about this piece yeah it's really tailoring that experience to oh, them
3: I've, I've heard chandelier horror stories and you know that that's that's you know this <laughs> i was talking to somebody the other day they got a chandelier that was a care scene that they you know turned into a regular chandelier and just like we got to be careful with that And i'm thinking oh gee i'm glad i'm not you
4: <laughs> create your chandeliers everyone Crate them Crate them Crate them yeah Absolutely. Well,
1: that's the reason Uncle Earl doesn't help anybody move anymore.
4: Because <laughs> Uncle
1: Earl, taking the rap for nothing. <laughs> Plus, I want to want to be able to walk the next day. Oh, no kidding. Uh, uh, you want to give them your phone number, how they get in touch with you? Yep. At, uh...
4: Absolutely. Big League Movers, uh, you can reach uh, our sales team at 901 901- Two, one, or excuse me, 410-2399. Again, that's nine zero one 410 2399 I'll give you all my direct line as well. Uh, it's 901 430 I'll help out with anything that you uh, you need moving-wise. And, Vicki, uh, want to give me a number? Get
3: uh, 901-412-2691, and our website is com That's goteamgandy.com.
1: <laughs> well, just make your life a lot simpler. I always yeah. pick people that know what they're doing, and, uh, and just... Uh, Doing the old uh, finger on the phone book, which I was talking, I saw a phone book today in a picture, and I went, "When was the last time you saw a phone book?" No kidding. I mean, who, has, who has them? Everyone goes to Google now. Yeah, yeah. It's, Google it's, it's or it's Google one of the one. other
4: check out, ones. Yeah. Check out Google reviews. We've uh we've got a whole bunch of them. Yeah.
1: So and it's important to go look at that. I think a lot of young people do. Older people don't so much, but yeah. young people always look at the uh, reviews. So
3: yeah, reviews are good. To, I mean, that's that's a great thing to hear because I, we do the same thing. We have testimonials, and I, I'll send people here. I got bunches of them and you mm-hmm. know or, or you can call these people i mean that if you have a problem with anything I, and that's great for them and i can and i can vouch for them as well which is great i don't have to worry about it. that's one less thing to worry about yeah because you have so <laughs> which many is, which is
1: what we want
3: <laughs> yes absolutely
1: <laughs> thank y'all for coming in Okay, yeah, thank uh, you, we're gonna take a break then we'll be back and hey welcome back Uh, that, I saw this today, I couldn't even believe it. It was. It's about Chick-fil-A, and it says, News of the Chick-fil-A having Vice President of Diversity and Equity and Inclusion, DEI, has some conservative groups calling for a boycott. Now, you remember Chick-fil-A was the one several years ago that there was a, some kind of a thing with the LGBTQ community, and they said, We're not going to shop uh, Chick-fil-A unless you do this, this, and this. And Chick-fil-A said, No, we're not going to do that. And so everybody was. I remember going by the Chick fil A at uh, Germantown Parkway and uh, Wolf River and could not believe the number of cars that were lined up there to show their support for Chick fil A for sticking to their guns. And then you've got the the Bud Light thing and the Target thing and the North Face thing and all these other people coming out with this um, support of LGBTQ organizations. Well, the fast food giant has been a favorite among many over the years for just that. Due in part to its religious roots and sporadic financial support of anti-LGBTQ organizations, but a previous announcement of Eric McReynolds, VP DEI, who has been with the company as DEI segment since 2020, has some claiming has some claiming the company has gone woke. It's unclear why news of Chick Fil A's previous DEI initiatives took off on social media Tuesday though it may possibly be due to several viral posts. Loosely defined, DEI is a variable set of principles that organizations and companies are increasingly incorporating in their work environments. And I explained the job resource outlet. Indeed, DEI is often used to describe the programs and initiatives a company has in place to improve those areas. And they get some kind of a credit rating system they use to say, well, this is a woke company, and they're doing all they can to further the LGBTQ community and their efforts to assimilate entire society in any way they can. After years of a controversy surrounding its donations to organizations considered by many to be anti lgbtq the Salvation Army and the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, to name two of around 80, particularly announced in 2019 it would transition to its support elsewhere. As of 2020, USA Today reported the company itself had not resumed donations to those organizations. Since 2020, Chick-fil-A owner Dan Cathy has personally supported the National Christian Charitable Foundation, as reported by several outlets the organization worked to derail passage of the Equality Act in 2021. Chick-fil-A said it's a resurfaced announcement that it hopes to better together DEI action signals a positive change for the company. We're early on in our journey, but we're honored by the opportunity to steward our organization's greatest asset, our people, and are energized by the road ahead, Chick-fil-A said. Now, I don't know if this means that um, the LGBTQ community is mad at them for not being more uh, responsive as far as making donations to Chick-fil-A, or that Chick-fil-A is taking a new direction and they're going to start supporting it. The article is very ambiguous when it comes to that. Uh, there was a couple of other uh, stories that came out about it. It says uh, the announcement made ripples online Tuesday morning with Chick-fil-A uh, trending shortly after political strategist Joey Manarillo uh, tweeted out, writing, This is bad, very bad. I don't want to have to boycott. We are going to We are going to have to, we're going to, have to boycott. He said "Included a poll had over 45,000 votes on Tuesday morning. While some residents said they hoped Chick-fil-A would stand by their Christian values, others questioned why its principles are being considered uh, anti-ethical to Christian values. Uh, Chick-fil-A's uh, DEI data comes just months after Bud Light captured the ire of some of the GOP for its partnership with transgender in- gender influencer Dylan Mulvaney still too early to know if it will affect the company in the long term, however, especially since Chick-fil-A has particularly been part of a conservative culture for several years. Last April, activists in Texas sued the city of San Antonio over a policy preventing Chick-fil-A from opening the city's airport due to what it was called anti-LGBTQ behavior. While the lawsuit earned support for the likes of Texas Governor Greg Abbott and the Texas Supreme Court ruled there weren't enough, wasn't enough evidence to prove the city had violated previous religious freedoms, Chick-fil-A ultimately chose not to pursue a San Antonio international airport location. Um, so I'm really not sure whether it's who's saying they're going to boycott. So, uh, until we know more, uh, read whatever you can. And, um, and I'll, I'll see what we can find out locally from local ownership, what they're, um, what they're going to be doing. The, uh, it's, uh, you know, it really is a shame. I mean, it, it who is it? Somebody was I was talking to yesterday was saying that, you know, this should never enter other fields. And now they're using it all to it's basically extortion. It's it's uh, tyranny uh, that if you don't believe in what somebody else wants you to believe in, that, that they're going to shut you down and what you do and you cut off your way of making a living. Um, so it's uh, it is just a, a very difficult time. Uh, DeSantis calls out Republicans who are siding with Disney. Uh, that's cut number four. Uh,
5: I can tell you that the parents in the state of Florida were very happy uh, that we took those stands. Uh, the media was not happy about that. The left was not happy about that. And there was a little business that you may have heard of in Florida that also wasn't happy about that, named Disney. And people told me, they said, listen, the media's coming after
1: you. Alright, so that's the sadness. And then you heard of this deal that the uh, Toronto Blue Jays said uh, Anthony, Bass, or James, Anthony Bass apologized after his offensive post, which was, hey, why do you let this stuff get into baseball, which I agree with. So we're going to take a break. We're going to check in with Bob Nay. And thank you very much and welcome back. Joining me on the phone right now is my good friend Bob Nay in Ohio. Good afternoon, Bob. Hello, Bob. Huh. Is it there? Not there? We're going to check on Bob. Uh, see if they're, call that line back. It may have been cut off. It shows it's counting down now. We're working on it right now. Uh, one of the things we're going to be talking about is the fact that uh, the debt ceiling bill advances uh, to final House vote after McCarthy gets held from Democrats. Uh, you know, there's all kinds of controversy. They said that, say that uh, a lot of conservatives say that they were 20 of them said they were going to vote against it. But the House voted to begin debate on the debt ceiling bill, a final hurdle that required House Speaker Kevin McCarthy to lean on Democrats to put the measure over the finish line. Procedural vote was widely seen as the highest bar for the bill uh, with final passage later tonight, but all are assured that it will happen. We got Bob. All right. Uh, hey, Bob, how are you? You but you couldn't hear me. Uh, well, that's uh, nothing new there. My teachers accused me of that for years. <laughs> they could hear me, but
5: I I just heard your ad. You've got a Persian restaurant. That's fantastic.
1: Yeah. And you just got back from India. and uh, I was
5: in India, but I lived in Iran, and, and, and so I am a huge Persian food fan.
1: There are actually a, a couple of them here, and uh, they do very well. People, uh, it, Great. It's great food, very healthy food for you as well. It yeah. sure is. Uh, how was your trip to India?
5: It was good. I went into the mountains. Uh, I was 30 miles from China, but I didn't tell them. Uh, <laughs> <yeah. clears throat> Over in one section by the one of the borders, but uh, it was great. Went up into the mountains, did a homestay, stayed with an Indian family. Then I stayed with a Tibetan family. Wow. Fantastic. They cooked the food, uh, had a driver, the car, six days, uh, let's see, four places that I stayed with food, and it was a whopping $245. Wow. Inflation has not hit <laughs> India.
1: So I think it was you who had written something I wrote, or that I read, that said how much it cost to do all this stuff, and it, it showed a bunch of food. That's what it was. It showed all this food laid out, and it said, you're looking at $2.65 right, for the that food. That was
5: me. Yeah. Right. I I spent that right.
1: And I went, my God.
5: <laughs> I'm very generous over there. I sit with my friends. I'll buy. Don't worry. <laughs> well, we've had some drinks, it's okay, I'm still buying, you know. Our,
1: our rich American friend. <laughs> yeah,
5: four, four people and they have three or four drinks and the meals that comes to 22 bucks. So,
1: Which, you know, it's all relative. They're over there, nobody makes much money, and so therefore things don't cost. They can't print money over there, so the inflation's not there, which is what people try to tell people all the time here. The only reason we have inflation is our government printed way too much money, which devalued the dollar.
5: And over there, because uh, I asked about this, where there's a couple factors. Everything you just said is accurate, number one. The second thing is this, and this is very interesting. The bottom line is the Indians, if something goes up too high, unless they absolutely positively need it, they don't buy it. And it sits. <laughs> How about <laughs> and, that? Yes, and that's a difference, too. Whereas over, over here, it'd be like, oh, man. You know, the meals have went up to this price, but I'll go buy it. So it's not they, the
1: same. And they do, but uh, I did want to get your take on on the, the Bud Light, the Target, the, the North Face. And then something came out today about Chick-fil-A, which has always been kind of a, you know, um, not anti-LGBQ, but just uh, saying, look, we just want everybody to come to Chick-fil-A and get a sandwich. And uh, – yeah. So apparently there's something coming out, and I I can't even. All I read two different accounts of it. I can't tell if people are mad with the LGBTQ community that they're not giving them money the way they think they should, or that it's conservatives thinking that they're being more friendly to LGBTQ community now. So I said we continue to try to find out exactly what's going on there. Well,
5: uh, you know, they they were talking about. I think that. um, uh, Target had their, their Pride merchandise and that's what they, you know, they made merchandise for Pride and uh, there was an entrepreneur Kevin O'Leary, he's on that Shark Tank show or something, and he responded, he said they you know they took a hit in the market and that even though they want to sell to everybody of course, it's decision to roll out the Pride marketing line, he says was a huge mistake, now he doesn't say because he's you know He's against it or anything, but he just says that, you know, when you make what he's calling decimation marketing procedures, and Budweiser was, you know, the American beer, uh, they took a, a a brand and then they did something to blow that brand in 30 hours. And so some of it's just it's a marketing decision and a business decision, you know. But Target and Anheuser-Busch lost about $28 billion in market value, that was as of as of last Friday, $28 billion. Yeah. So uh, some people, you know, objected to it. Of course, other people would object to other things, but I think that, you know, probably they were trying to appeal to, you know, the LGBTQ community, and in doing so created controversy, and maybe people didn't even go there anymore that didn't care about the issue, period, to be frank with you.
1: And I think that's true. I drove by a a Target here in Memphis, and it looked like it was as busy as it ever was. But then I also know that my wife and a number of people I know, they go to Target to get toilet paper and paper towels and other toiletry items. That's where they go. And Mm -hmm. and if -hmm. if you're not attuned to what's going on, you're going to go get your toilet paper and your paper towels, and you go in to get it, and you leave. Now, i right. do think the bud the bud situation is different and because it's something that you don't you don't have to change your really your buying habits and beer is a beer and it's like a lot of people i know that drink beer say that bud light really wasn't that good anyway mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. but the, it said that memorial day is usually a time for families to fire up the backyard grill and invite neighbors over and in, in, in the sunshine over hot dogs hamburgers and yes beer uh, but the coolers were cracked open this weekend. Fewer and fewer Americans reached for a Bud Light. Instead, people com- uh, competed on the social media as to who would post their best picture of a fully stacked shelves next to signs advertising rebates over every case of Bud Light, which I heard they were giving $15 rebates uh, per per case or a case of 12 or something like that. Uh, and I don't think it's working. In fact, I, th- I saw where they continue. They're down now 30% in, in lost revenue, which is huge. Right.
5: Right, I mean, had, and two the executives took a leave of absence. By the way,
1: well, yeah, the one that uh, came up with the idea, and, and then her other person there, they and they don't they say they're still with the company, but I have I would have it hard to believe that they could come back after this. I mean, you know how people are whether it's a large corporation or the government. Somebody screws up really bad, they go, we don't want you anywhere around because uh, we don't want the the stink to rub off on us. And it, right now, it ain't smelling good. Have you ever seen a thing turn like what's going on now with the country? Because for so long, it's like they were just doing whatever they wanted to, and people just said, well, okay.
5: Well, yeah, I mean, Bud Light, what they did is they sent the, the, this Miss um, Ms., uh, Ms. Mulvaney, who's one of these TikTok people, has 10 million people her, you know. Right. And, and during this whole, um, well, it was the March Madness, actually, <clears throat> But what they did was, which was different than Target, I think. But the Bud Light promotional post, Bud Light uh, sent, uh, you know, uh, a can with her likeness on it. So they they produced that can, isn't that correct? Isn't that what?
1: Yeah, yeah, just one can, from what I understand.
5: But but they produced it and then sent it to her, you know, wanting her basically to promote it. And when I first saw it, I thought, okay, they, they're producing cans with
1: transgender pictures on them. And I think a lot of people thought the same thing. That's what thing. I
5: thought. Yeah. And I'll, I'll tell you right now, you know, I, I don't think that's good. And I don't think if somebody's transgender, they're transgender. But I don't think that's a good thing to do If when I saw that, you know. I don't think it would be good to, to promote one particular basketball team. Or don't promote Michigan. I'm from Ohio state, Yeah, you know, I
1: can't, these are mortal enemies.
5: Yeah. Individual, you know, promotion, like they tried to do. I just, you know, I think they get themselves obviously in trouble by trying to do it.
1: Well, but did you see what happened to Bud Light? And then target comes out and they, although they say they're moving some of the pride stuff to the back of store, they didn't apologize for it. And they didn't say we won't do it again. And then Mm -hmm. you've got North face who's coming out and said, yeah, we're going to do whatever we want. Uh, and then you have all, all these companies that are coming down saying that if you want to get a, your good uh, credit rating uh, through this, uh, all these different organizations that now rate you on your, your support of different woke issues, and if you don't do it, then mm-hmm. they, they tell all their people to boycott them. Don't, don't do business with them anymore. Where do, you, where do you see all this going? I mean, is it going to come down to there's uh, one side of the street you can buy stuff, the other side of the street you boycott?
5: I don't know. I honestly don't know her where where it you know where it comes down. I mean, it's you know a lot of businesses over the years have remained neutral on a lot of things.
1: Period. Which is what you know have always. Remember when the NFL the the, the Kaepernick thing came out and kneeling down, and everybody was sitting there going, you know, if you, if you don't want to sing along with the national anthem, you don't have to sing along, but you don't have to take a knee and and mm-hmm. and and. and a, and in everybody's face, and especially the military and everybody else is there, mm-hmm, with not, mm-hmm. not respecting the flag. Mm-hmm. And and I think they, they realized that was a huge mistake. Now you got baseball uh, that had this woke, uh, these guys dressed up as nuns at uh, the L.A. Dodgers baseball game the other day. And I'm going, what, what are they thinking about? I mean, it, baseball fans are not your usual woke crowd. Well, that's just
5: like the Grammys and the Oscars and things. Which I used to watch yep. you know, all the time. <clears throat> I don't want to hear anything political. I don't want to hear anything about Trump. I don't want to hear anything about Biden. No. And I don't want to hear anything political, period. Yeah. Now that's me,
1: you know. But I think that's the most of the country because it didn't used to be that way. I mean, people came out and right. they made jokes about different things and, and stars, but it always had to do with their persona, you know, and that, uh, you know, Bob Hope was always, you know, I made mean, so cheap. And, you know, there was all these, it was humorous, but. It, and now you know comedians can't even make jokes because if you do, you say anything mm-hmm. about anybody, they, mm-hmm. they put the. Fruit. Well, there's
5: there, there certain settings too. If you go to a restaurant and that restaurant has a pride flag outside, and it's it's a quote gay restaurant, and you go inside and they have pride you know items on the wall, or you expect it, you know it's it's fine. Um, if you go to other certain restaurants, those restaurants will remain neutral to anything anything. They're not going to have Black Lives Matter on the wall or White Lives Matter or whatever. They're going to remain neutral. But if a restaurant or a business chooses to not remain neutral and it wants to take a certain expression, you know, that's its business to do it. And, you know, as far as I'm concerned, nobody has to have an official boycott. People just will either go or not go, depending on whether they like that or not, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, uh, we're going to take a quick break. We're talking to Bob Nay. We'll come back. We'll talk about how this last weekend, how did Bud Light fare? Uh, And this thing's been going on for weeks. uh, And and so we'll talk about that when we come back. So stay with us. And welcome back. Got Bob Nay on the phone. He's up in Ohio. Just got back from India. After he told me how much it cost to... Does it cost a lot to fly to India? Is that where you lose money, uh, or is it? Well, in- once you
5: once you once you do the flight, you're over with. I got this flight I took on Air India, so I got it for eight hundred or nine hundred dollars. Uh, my Columbus portion to New York was more, you know, but um, <laughs> yeah, it's not, you get about a thousand bucks round trip for fourteen and a half hours. That's uh, not bad.
1: No, heck, no, and and, and to go someplace like India. Of course, I would, I would yeah. want to go my first time to India. I'd like to go with somebody like you that has been oh, there before. I
5: take, yeah, I take people. I've taken people from Newark, Ohio, from Portland, Oregon. People call me up and they go, hey, when are you going? Because they they want to go, but they don't know, you know how to do it. And I do it because um, I've been going so much. I could actually honestly send you and your wife and anybody else you wanted to take. I could actually send you over there. Not even be on the plane, have you picked up, and everything would be arranged. I got you wow. know, friends over there. But, yeah, I, I would go. And and then what I do with my friends, I ask them questions. Do you want to paraglide, you know? Uh, do you want to go up in the mountains? Do you want to go to the Taj Mahal? Whatever they want to do. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: But uh, is it hot?
5: Well, I was in the mountains, which was cold. Yeah. Then I went down to a city called Chandigarh, and then I went to Jaipur and Udaipur. If anybody's ever seen the best exotic marigold hotel, I love that movie. Filmed those. Oh, Lo- that's okay. That's where they filmed it. Those two cities, and I went there. And uh, you,
1: you know that that movie changed my whole impression of India and in India, uh, Yeah, and I it, think it did for many fantastic. people.
5: It's you know, real quick. I don't want to digress, but I went into Kentucky Fried Chicken and, and they misunderstood me and they <laughs> they served me my meal and then they said, "Here, come on back," and they were smiling and so proud. I told them, boy, this is just like an American Kentucky Fried. They took me to the kitchen. The manager came. They thought I was with Kentucky Fried Chicken. Corporate. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have the heart to tell them. I'm like, I'm going to tell Colonel Sanders. You know, I didn't have the heart to tell them, but they're so proud. If you if yeah. you go over there and somebody selling an ice cream and you say, wow, this is really good. They smile. They thank you. I mean, they are very for having not a lot they are very, very happy people. They like Americans. We should, we should just never deal with China again and deal with India. They like us. They're a democracy. You know? Well,
1: and, you know, we used to be the way in this country. People took pride in what they did. You go in and say, hey, I love your food, love your business. Oh, thank you so much. You know, please come back. And now it's like uh, you're taking their time up by walking in their business and buying something, you know? Exactly.
5: I, I just told a friend today, I told her, I said, you know, just coming from India, everybody, again, and and if you know Indians over here, I, I think, you know, they're very nice people in, just in by their nature. And over India, it's no different, you know? Well, I think it's very because delightful. it's
1: unacceptable to be rude over there. And uh, true for some reason it has become at least tolerable, not with me, because I, I, I've i got a shorter and shorter fuse with rude people all the time. Uh That's right. And I, and I try to be nice to everybody. I do. I open doors for everybody. I say thank you, please, uh, to everybody I come in contact with. And I think if everybody was more that way, but I think everybody's looking like the the poor right. Marines that got beat it's up in California. It's a yeah. tough place Do Yeah. Tough place. What's their take on what's going on? Did you get into any of that, like with the Budweiser thing and – uh, are they aware of the, any of that? Or are they just... No,
5: they, they don't pay attention. To that. No, a couple comments I did have. This is, and I was with people that were both educated and uneducated. I want to make that clear. This wasn't just, you know, the college class that I talked to over there. People from all spectrums. Number one that stood out was Kamala Harris. You know, they said, and my friend V. said it best. He said, You know, Kamala Harris became the vice president. We were in the streets with fireworks, you know, applauding. He said, She doesn't care about us. She doesn't talk about us. Not she doesn't once. consider herself Indian. No. She considers herself black, not Indian. She never has, she hasn't come to India since she's been the vice president. They thought the relationship would be great. I said, Don't worry. She's not liked in America. But, they, but I heard that, you know, everywhere. The other thing is, person after person, they said, "How how has America become so touchy?" That's what they said. It's so touchy now. Yeah,
1: you can't say anything. Is the woke thing, and I, I think mm-hmm. we all agree with them. Uh, they they got to lighten up. We're talking to Bob Nay, We got to take a hard break here. We're going to come back and okay. uh, we want to talk about uh, the debt limit and is this going to oh, happen? Yeah. So we'll talk about that when we come back. Oh, Stay yeah. with us. Okay.
0: To the Earl Farrell for Memphis show, brought to you by Southern Security, your home team credit union, and by Kathy Thurman Edwards State Farm Insurance. Once again, Earl Farrell.
1: And welcome back. And uh, with me on the phone is Bob Nave, former Republican congressman for Ohio. And uh, he's certainly been around uh, for many years, has seen what's going on right now happen over and over. I think it's like 78, 75 years they've been doing this thing, Bob.
5: Sure. 19. 19- well, 1917 uh, started. Um, by the way, uh, between uh, the, with this bill, I do want to mention this: there's some automatic cut provisions, and this bill staves those automatic cuts off. In other words, if you don't do anything, there's automatic cuts; those are staved off. I do want to mention that's one of the main parts, you know, well, of the bill.
1: When you say now, staved off, what does that mean?
5: Well, what I, I'm sorry. What I should have said was that they are now put put to the side. They're not going to. They took that provision out. so There's not any automatic cut. And ah. the whole bill takes place in 2025 to have the debt extension issue. That that piece of legislation that's been put off, so it won't happen again during the election. Now they did it with Trump too. I want to make that you know real clear on this. Yeah, I remember this thing that. Isn't, like Judge Judy says, come into court with clean hands. Yeah. <laughs> everybody's got dirty hands on this thing. Everybody, yeah. So, uh, jackpot question: What would I have done, or what would I do tonight? Because the vote's coming up tonight, right? And the speaker lost twenty-nine Republicans. He can only lose four, and he loses the bill. So he lost twenty-nine Republicans, but fifty-two Democrats voted for what they call the rule, which is the bill coming to the floor. They call it the rule. He got it through the committee by a seven-to-six vote. So it's all close now. It's going to pass tonight, you know, and then after that there'll be the day of reckoning on and on, which is uh, that's like uh, blowing into a paper bag and expecting a nuclear explosion. That's that's not going to be big, that's Wait, not going to be a big deal.
1: See, my concern I, would be is what you just said. They lost twenty nine Republicans who said this right. is not a good bill for us. And then you got over thirty Democrats that said that oh we're going to vote for it because it's a good bill for the Republicans. Do we believe yeah. that? No, they're
5: voting for it because of Joe Biden. Yeah, the AOC is angry, and and uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene is angry. Uh, those are the two. I like to use those when referring to the right right or the left left. The, the, those groups are angry. The Democrats say the president sold us out. The Republicans say the speaker sold us out, you know, (laughs) what they do. Now, if I were there tonight, uh, back in Congress, you know, where I used to serve, I would vote for this. And and I'll tell you why. This is a this is the biggest piece of smokescreen that I've seen in years. And those members know this. All of them. They know this. The. It's got the debt extension in it. It's got spending levels. Now, let's go to that one just for a second, if we could, Earl. Okay. They have now codified in writing after this passes that in fiscal year 2024, it's going to limit military spending to $886 billion and non-military discretionary spending, which is important, to $704 billion, all right? It says that. Let's go back in history to Barack Obama and John Boehner, the Republican speaker. Okay. They did the grand bargain, $1.2 trillion. We, You know, here we go, vote for this debt ceiling. Guess what happened to all of that? It <laughs> very quietly just evaporated here and evaporated there.
1: And so Which in the end, what? there was no ceiling.
5: There's, yes, there's nothing. Now, the problem that that they have is this. The reason I would vote for this tonight is because we can't go into default. Now, anyone in the Freedom Caucus that says, well, you know, we have to go into default to prove a point. No. If we go into default, we prove to the Chinese that they can probably take over the world's currency pretty soon. We don't want to prove that. The problem with the debt ceiling bill is that it's paying for the horse that ran down the path a year ago. Now, I understand they're angry out there. I think the 31 point $1 one trillion or two trillion is the most disgusting thing i've seen in my lifetime, and it's going to affect not my great grandkids it's going to affect my four generations in <laughs> the future great grandkids it's terrible it's criminal. however, the budget process which they haven't done they've done forty seven continuing resolutions from two thousand ten to two thousand twenty two These continuing resolutions are spending in a temporary basis. They aren't budgets. So the real work, the real meat of this, is it's not tonight. It's after this, and October the 1st is a new budget. And I would say to the Republicans, if you really mean business, the Freedom Caucus, McCarthy, all of them, if you really mean business, go back to what Newt Gingrich did. He dissected the entire government line by line by line. Sometimes we voted till four o'clock in the morning. Sometimes we voted for three days straight in a row. That's what Gingrich did and John Kasich, the budget chair. And that's what they need to do. So this vote is eh, okay. a lot of drama. But when the conservatives say, oh, this is the biggest giveaway. no, you know what? The last 16 years of non-budgets are the biggest giveaway.
1: You know, I was looking back in time, I looked at the Dow today, it closed uh, 134 down at 32,908. When I first started in television, it was 1972, and you know what the Dow, the average was in 1972? 1,000 points. 1,000 points. It reached 10,000 in 1999, and it's now sitting at 32,908 which means throughout all that time of budgets, no budgets, you know, lying to us, everything else, the stock market has continuously gone up over the years, and the country has continued to roll. The thing that I'm concerned most about now, though, is inflation, because we haven't really had inflation but a couple of times during that period. And uh, and it's just, we all know where it comes from. It comes from printing money and and. And that's what the yes. Chinese are hanging out there waiting for, because yes. if they can prove that we can't take care of our, our dollar and keep it as the standard, sure, they become the standard, or the right. Russians, or somebody does, but it ain't going to be us.
5: Yes, and then what they can do, the House Republicans can pass a, the beginnings of what they need to do for a balanced budget, like Gingrich did back in the mid-90s. And then they can pass it to the Senate, and then you know what they can say? We're going to wait till till the sun doesn't shine anymore. You're going to do this, <laughs> you know. And, and and that's what they can do. And then hold your ground. Then say we're not budging. We want to we want to balance budget. This thing tonight, you know. Look, is it a, is it a good deal in this bill? No, it's not, Earl. I'm going to say that right out front. If I was voting tonight. I wouldn't be running my next campaign on this. But what I would say in honesty is, look, can't default. This is paying for last year when everybody sinned and and voted once again to continue spending. Now we get down to the real work and there will be no compromise. We will pass the beginning of the balanced budget for the nation. That's what I would say today.
1: Well, they're supposed to vote tonight, and McCarthy says he thinks it's going to pass. It uh, will. We're going we're gonna to take a quick break, and I want to come back and find out, do you think McCarthy will survive this? So, oh, that's a good question. So stay All with right. us. Uh, we're talking to Bob Nay. We'll be right back. <music> and Thank you very much. Welcome back. Uh, I want to update you on traffic. Uh, apparently, most of the city is out of the city. Uh, traffic's doing great. There's a slowdown over in uh, West Memphis on uh, eastbound I-40 right there at the junction, 955 and I-40. Uh, but there's no, uh, there's, let's see, that's construction, uh, yeah, long-term construction. It'll slow down in the usual places on Germantown Parkway. Otherwise, everything's smooth sailing. Uh, right now, it's 86 uh, degrees out there, partly cloudy. There is a chance of rain between 5 and 6 of about 30%, so not much of it. A uh, little tonight, 66, very pleasant evening. And then high tomorrow will be exactly like it was today, high of 87. you got Bob Nay on the phone, former congressman, or Republican congressman from Ohio. And the question is, the, the, the bill's probably going to pass tonight. Yes, that, that it will. Yes. And then, but the question is, because on the deal that Kevin McCarthy made with the Republicans to get to be the speaker, mm-hmm. was that they could have one Senate, one congressman that didn't like him, Right. and can vote his butt out. And so what do you think will happen tonight?
5: First first mistake Kevin made was, you know, I've known him a long time, but the first big one was when they brought that to him, I'd say, I gave you all these concessions. You're not getting that one. Go, go get me on the floor. Go take me down. Yeah. We'll go 20 more rounds. He never, never should have done what he did. Now, they had a question the other day. Representative Dan Bishop, Republican of North Carolina. Uh, he called the deal career deafening, defining vote for every Republican. And then one of the reporters said about, you know, would you would you vote to um basically, you know, oust the speaker? And the only one that raised his hand was Bishop <laughs> in the room. <laughs> yeah. And we we had a we had a speaker once, Vern Reif, powerful Democrat. I was in the Ohio House. And he wouldn't let Dave Carmel, a good friend of ours, Republican, speak, you know? And Dave said, you're shutting off the voice of 60,000 people. And my colleagues, he pointed to us, they're not going to stand for it. And we kind of all looked down at our shoes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and let Vern Vern turn his mic off, you know, Vern (laughs) Reich. Yeah. But uh, here's the thing. There's prob, yes, yes, there's probably going to be a motion. They probably won't talk Bishop out of it. There's going to be a motion to vacate the chair. And it won't pass because uh, let me give you the quick scenario. Let me give you a couple scenarios. Let's say that they make a motion to vacate the chair and McCarthy loses four members, which is enough to not be speaker anymore. Right. Then Hakeem Jeffries, if I were he, the Democrat leader, I would go to McCarthy and say, we're going to give you the votes to keep you in. We want three committee chairs to be Democrat. Yep. And if McCarthy wants to be speaker that bad he's
1: he's gonna gonna cut that, he
5: he's gonna cut that deal. And then there's gonna be chaos in the House, and then of course it hurts the Republicans. Now let's say that McCarthy doesn't do that deal and they oust McCarthy. If you thought the fifteen rounds in January was something
1: wait till this one.
5: This thing will go on to the point where They'll balance the budget because nothing's going to happen.
0: Yeah,
5: (laughs) and and they can't do that; it's too late. So McCarthy stays firm because they will put the members will put severe pressure on other members to not oust him at this particular time. Now, maybe the next time when a vote comes for speaker, you know, after the new Congress after twenty twenty four, maybe maybe then he's finished.
1: Well, the thing about it is, and I agree with you, I can't believe he, he went for the deal. Is it because he wanted oh to be speaker so bad that he was willing to do, obviously, do anything? Right. I mean, that's like uh, giving any boss you have anywhere, uh, you get one bullet, and if you screw up, you're gone. And right. uh, I mean, everybody wants at least three, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Give me three strikes well, you know, anyway.
5: Newt Gingrich was not a... Newt Gingrich believed in the Speaker as an institution. And, you know, I was in the room when Newt said, if you don't want me, fine. This isn't about me. It's about the institution of the Speaker. And if you don't want me, I'll leave. You know, and he did. When Hastert became Speaker, he had this guy, this attorney, Ted Van that I had to work with. And Ted was all about, Denny's the Speaker. He would call him Denny. Denny's the Speaker. And I told Ted one day. This isn't Denny Hastert or Newt Gingrich or Nancy Pelosi. This is the Speaker's office. It's an institution of our democracy, you know. And so when McCarthy went to the point where he did anything to become the Speaker, I think he slaps the institution because the institution can't function with one person being able to completely disrupt the entire, you know, operations of the House. Uh, there's a, you know, if the majority doesn't want the speaker, then you vote him out.
1: But it should be the majority. That's the what, majority. In, that's what happened when they had what 10 guys in the Republican party that held everything up, uh, in the vote for the speaker. I mean, they got everything they want and they found if you just hold out, eventually they'll give you what you want just to move forward.
5: Can you imagine if you have a city council where a mayor, every time one council person gets mad at him, they can call a vote. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> and have the mayor thrown out that night,
1: you know? Yeah. Uh, the other question we've got about uh, three and a half minutes left mm-hmm. is Joe Biden. What is going to happen with Joe Biden? I mean, there's all this talk. He's, he has split the scene again. He's gone to Delaware. I don't know if he's okay. back in town yet or not. Uh, doesn't seem too interested in this vote one way or the other. Uh, all the talk is, I mean, you look at his approval ratings, they're just way south. Uh, and then you got Kamala, who we were talking about earlier. They don't even like her in India, uh, and she's mm-hmm. Indian. And uh, mm-hmm. see, so, so what do you say? Th- what's the scenario coming up for the Democrats?
5: Well, excuse me, Trump is so controversial and and there's some baggage there, yet he has support. I understand that. I also understand if Trump goes into the Republican National Convention, he wins. I understand that also, too. I don't think he will. I don't think he'll run in the end, but that's been me and I'm gonna hold to that. However, if you have a fresh face against Biden, I think it's Biden's pretty well done. Now, as I tell Democratic friends of mine, who say, oh, Trump and the trials and blah, and Trump's gonna be indicted in Georgia, I said, let me tell you something. Trump can be indicted. He can be convicted, <laughs> and, and this is going to be a close race. It's going to be a close race, and it is. This race is going to be closer than the than the last one. It's going to be down to, to hairs. So uh, Biden's in trouble. The majority of Democrats don't want him. And then here's the other thing: how how do you say with with Biden's situation? And he's getting worse. He really is. Um, stumbling here and there and how do you say that don't worry he'll be eighty eighty some but Kamala Harris is in the wings. Here's to me, what defeats Biden next election is Kamala Harris. Yeah, I agree. You gotta think about it if you're a citizen of this country, do you want Kamala Harris as,
1: as your president,
5: president of the United States? You gotta think about that.
1: Oh I don't think I, people... I know my answer. <laughs> well I know mine. And the thing is you sit and listen to her cackle her way through any oh, kind of an interview, and you that's,
5: go. That's, that's the other thing. She she laughs at things that aren't funny. No, it, it's that They're is a funny.
1: That's called a, a diversion. Uh, whenever she doesn't want to answer something, has no answer, she giggles and laughs like that's such a ridiculous question. No, it's not. You're ridiculous for reacting that way. I, and I think when they picked her to begin with, I thought that they thought she was so innocuous that that. She wouldn't impact uh, Joe Biden in the least. She'd just be out there. And apparently sure. they were wrong. Bob it's Nate, different. thank you, sir. I always love talking to you. Glad you're back you safely. And uh, we'll talk again soon. I'm okay. sure you're right about everything. <laughs> All right, that's it for us. We'll see you tomorrow.